Hi there, this is Alana. You're listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast. We want to welcome you to today's show and invite you to see our brand new website. We are at prayingchristianwomen.com, but everything is new and we have some great new resources there like our Praying in the New Year online prayer retreat. You can get a discount off of that if you use code 2024 and it's a great resource to help prepare you for the new year as we wrap up 2023 and welcome in all the blessings that God has in store for us for 2024. So thanks again for listening and to get this resource, you go to our new website at prayingchristianwomen.com, click the shop button and find the praying in the new year. And just as an announcement, as we are transitioning, some links that we have referenced in older episodes might be down for a bit. So we just wanted you to know that, but we are excited about our new site and would love to have you check it out. And we also hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I am Alana here with Jamie. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good. I am glad that we get to continue on our discussion about manifesting. So we talked about this in a part one episode, and now we're back to discuss a little bit more of the ins and outs. What is it? How does it work? Is it biblical? Um, my opinion, and you can correct me if you're wrong to me, my opinion is you could jump in here if this is your first episode, or you can go back and listen to our part one. I don't think they necessarily are going to be... Um, you know, mutually exclusive, or you've got to do it in a certain order. I don't think so either. I think this, you know, the first episode, we kind of dipped our toes into what manifesting was and mm-hmm. kind of some background stuff. And today we're going to do like kind of a step-by-step, like if we were totally secular on on the manifesting front, what would secular manifesting 101 look like? And then take mm-hmm. each of those steps kind of and 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 examine them. How does it stack up to prayer? How is it different? How is it the same? Does it line up with scripture kind of thing? So, yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm really excited about this because as in a lot of things, I think you and I come down kind of moderate. (laughs) We're like, well, there are certain things, especially with secular manifesting that I absolutely disagree with, but there are certain things that I think an argument at least could be made are based on biblical principles if taken the right way, but we don't want to err on any extreme. You know, it's kind of like uh, with healing. It's like, yes, God heals. Yes, miracles happen. Taking that to an extreme has caused Christians a lot of pain. You know, if you're praying for a loved one and they don't get healed, Um, but taking it to the opposite extreme of thinking that like praying for healing is going to mean that God's going to like zap you with a curse because he's mad at you for praying for healing. I mean, that's obviously a a bad extreme too. So we're hoping to kind of uh, nerd out on the topic and fall into some middle ground, which is where you and I tend to settle on a lot of issues. Yeah. And, you know, for those of you out there that are extreme on one side or the other, we'd love to hear from you too. So you can always email us or comment on you know wherever you see these podcasts and yeah we'd love to have a conversation about it too yeah because for us this is just interesting food for thought this doesn't have to do with um are you a christian are you saved does god love you should we worship next together in the same type of church this is in our opinions this is just interesting discussions about kind of theoretical topics yep agreed 
Yeah. All righty. So where do you want to start? Well, I, I do have a verse of the day. I know it's not up there, but I've got a verse of the day and, and we can open in prayer and then go into manifesting Let's 101. Do it. Okay. Well, our verse of the day is James 117 from the NIV. Every good get every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And I would just like to start with that because I think it's a very comforting reminder, no matter what we do in in terms of discussing, manifesting, talking about it, talking around it. Um, our very basic belief is that everything good that happens in our lives is from God. How that gets Amen. there, whether it's through scientific laws of, you know, string theory vibrations or through a direct supernatural, like God plants that gift right in your hand physically out of or nowhere. Or it's entirely coincidence, but it still is a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's <laughs> all from God. So, and he doesn't- I love change. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a great place to start because I have thought about different times in my life. So to me, how manifesting has looked in my life, and this is just anecdotal Alana's definition. I have a thought where it's like, wouldn't it be cool if, mm -hmm. and then it like something along those lines happen. And I'm like, wow, thanks God. Like, so to me, it, it doesn't really matter if it's okay. That was totally coincidence. Maybe it is. That was me putting, so here's the secular version. I put a thought out into the universe and the universe, like you know, law of attraction. I thought about a purple fire hydrant and a purple fire hydrant like was there. Um, or it's just that because I was thinking of a purple fire hydrant, when the purple fire hydrant that already existed was there, I noticed it. Like to me, if the end result is, wow, God, that was so cool. Thank you. Does it really matter how it got there? Especially since I'm not the one saying, look what I did, right? That's one of the problems to secular manifesting is then you can take the credit instead of God. But my opinion is like, if the end result is, wow, God, that was so cool. It doesn't matter. Was it total coincidence? Was it direct divine intervention? Was it somewhere in the middle? Was it something from me? Um, especially since like common sense, because I was thinking of this thing, I noticed it when it appeared in my life. My opinion doesn't matter if the end result is, wow, God, that was a cool gift. Yeah. I think that's a great place to be. Yeah. Well, shall we open in prayer and then jump in? Yeah, let's do it. You want me to pray? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> As I've already been muted. <laughs> I know. Sorry. You're already ready. All right. God, we just thank you so much for every good gift. And we thank you for even the things that don't feel good at the time that we know that you're at work behind the scenes. Um, just working in that you're you're redeeming you're working in them um i just pray that each of us no matter how we look at manifesting or prayer or or somewhere in between um god that that we come away today being extra grateful for the fact that you've chosen to communicate with us that you choose to give us good gifts that you are a good god a loving father and that you're worthy of our praise and that we can just reflect that praise back whenever good things come to us, however that may arrive, that we're able to reflect it back to you with praise and thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. So manifesting 101, I, I've heard a lot about this and I listened to a couple of secular podcasts here and there that, um, 
I'm not going to mention their names just because mm-hmm. I don't have to give like actual credit and I'm not, I don't want to like endorse yeah, podcasts that are, you know, smart. Yeah, but, um, but I sort of gleaned this, this is not a list I got from anyone, but I just kind of gleaned okay. this from a couple that I have heard just listening out of curiosity. Um, so the one number one in manifesting 101 that I thought was interesting is you are always manifesting. It's not something that you sit and you're like, oh, I'm going to manifest something right now. Like mm-hmm. you're always manifesting. And it, this goes back to string theory, to science, where the kind of very basic thing is that all matter is, and this is theory, string theory isn't proven, but string theory is this idea that the tiniest particles of matter that make up the earth and the universe are vibrating at different frequencies. And the idea of manifesting is that you can actually, through your conscious thoughts or unconscious thoughts, change the vibrations that you are putting out into the universe. And and that in turn might kind of attract similar vibrations. So the idea of manifesting good things is, you know, um, but anyway, are, you're attracting what you are. The high vibrations mm-hmm. are good and they attract good things. Low vibrations are bad, attract bad things. So the question is, are you intentionally manifesting? Um, so what are your thoughts on like, because I have thoughts too, but if if you don't mm-hmm. have any, but I know you do. So what are your thoughts on this idea of you're always manifesting? The question is, are you intentionally manifesting? Are you intentionally raising your vibration or focusing on something positive to attract that positive thing back into your life specifically. Um, yeah. What yeah. So difference let me, and sameness do you see with prayer? Yeah. Let me kind of condense it. The idea of you're always manifesting. In my opinion, like I'm picturing somebody who um, doesn't believe in any of this at all. And like the most skeptical, I'm like, this is such hogwash, but I'm going to phrase it in a way that um, I almost feel like we're saying similar things, just using different words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the way I see it, like you're always manifesting means you're always thinking about something. And to me, it's not even so much, are you manifesting intentionally or subconsciously? It's like, are you focusing on positive things or negative things? Mm -hmm. So to make it really, really basic, I would say, and I'm going to guess that zero Christians would have any biblical beef with this. If you focus on more positive things, you're going to notice more things to be grateful for and be a happier person. Yeah. So in my opinion, like we can start with it being that basic and that should not be a controversial thing at all. If I am only focusing and you and I joked about this um, analogy with me versus your husband. And like, if I'm always focusing on green lights and saying, thank you, God, for these green lights, I'm the kind of person who feels like I hit more green lights than red lights. If your husband's always noticing every red light being like, I can't believe I got another red light. He's going to live his life feeling as though he has more, like he's, he's always encountering red lights and green lights when the truth is he and I are probably experiencing 50% of each, right? Like (laughs) at equal measures, but it does turn into what you focus on, how you even interpret your day. If you go about your day feeling like, uh, God's going to bless me so much today, you're going to notice the blessings. Mm. If you're going about your day and your focus is 
God's out to get me and God never brings good things to my life. You can live the exact same day, but interpret it so differently. Like I know I've used uh, the analogy of my grandma Mm -hmm. and like hard, hard things in her life, like very hard things. And um, at some point, like within the year when she passed, she told me like, God has blessed me so much in my life. I don't deserve any of this. And part of me was like, well, grandma, what about this and that and that and that? But in, you know, she could have focused on that. She could have said, my life has been so hard. I can't wait to get to heaven. And I would have completely understood where she was coming from. But because she had trained our minds to focus on the blessings and the gifts, that's where, as you know, she laid in her last year of life, that's what she was focused on and thankful for. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, it's absolutely biblical. It's, you know, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And, you know, again, I feel like this is supernatural wisdom given to us and just practical wisdom also at the same Mm -hmm. time given Mm -hmm. to us to because there are, I think, supernatural as well as practical And scientific consequences on earth for Mm -hmm. how we choose to see the world and whether it's literal vibrating strings or that, Mm -hmm. that are raised and attracting more, or like you said, if it's just a shift in perspective, it's, it's all, it all results in goodness for us. Right. Right. Um, So my question for you is. I think we can all agree. Yes. If you focus on, if you train yourself, because I think it does come with practice. If you train yourself to focus on the positive things, like I went through a period where I was pretty stressed financially, which I think can apply to just about everybody listening in in this era. (laughs) And I trained myself whenever I opened up a bill or whenever I opened up my bank account, I trained myself for that first knee-jerk reaction to be one of gratitude no matter what it was. Right. So it's like, Oh, thank you, God, for this $800 heating bill. That's going to last us for two weeks before we need more heat for our home. But instead of being like, I can't believe we're hit with another bill. It's like, thank you, God, that we've got this heat. Or I open up my bank account. Maybe it's like way lower than what I'm comfortable with, but I still trained myself. Thank you, God, that this is in here. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but So I think we can all agree, like I said, that's not controversial. When you focus on positive things, you notice more positive things. Where the law of attraction and the manifesting from a secular standpoint um, comes in, and let's just start the disclaimer, we're talking, like we are explaining it as a secular manifester, what that doesn't mean we're endorsing it, right? So um, I would hate for someone to just take a soundbite of like one sentence, be like, Alana and Jamie believe this, but what they would say is if you focus on a lot of negative things that actually will, um, it won't just mean that you recognize more negative things. It will actually right. attract negativity into your life. Mm-hmm. So what they would say is if I'm um, like, I I worked with a woman, I was in high school working in a hospital lab and there was an adult woman who uh, worked in the office with us. And And the joke around the office, and she would say it too, like she was a huge hypochondriac, like every week she was convinced she had some other disorder. And, you know, I mean, working in a hospital lab might not have been the best (laughs) place for her because that's on her mind. But she came in one day and she's like, 
she was self-aware enough that most of the time we just kind of all laughed about it together. Right. Um, but she came in one day and she's like, guys, you won't believe this. I just got diagnosed with emphysema. Like I truly have emphysema, never smoked, never had any lung issues. And what a law of attraction adherent would say is she focused so much on worrying about all the horrible things that could happen to her body that one of them kind of did happen. Uh, what's your opinion on, on that? Is that maybe sometimes kind of sort of true? Is it, yeah, that makes tons of sense. Or is that that's total hogwash? Um, well, so I, I knew someone when we lived in Virginia that actually her mom was not a hypochondriac, but constantly thought she had cancer. Like, mm-hmm. and just like, that was her biggest fear in life. And she focused on it obsessively mm-hmm. and, um, and she ended up having it like at a relatively young age and her daughter said something to this effect before I had ever heard anything about the secret or the law of attraction mm-hmm. or manifesting. Her daughter was like, I believe that she focused on it so much that her body just was like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But what I, think I do there know might be something my, to that. There could. I mean, what I do know is in my own body that when I've been in times, I don't think I would call myself a hypochondriac, but I have what I would call, and maybe I'm in denial, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think I don't think I have everything. But I definitely am prone to the power of suggestion. And I yes. know myself well enough now. That when I hear something and I like, I, you'll even notice, like if someone says that they have been diagnosed with something, I'll say, you know, what are the symptoms? And you're like, I'm just curious, (laughs) but I think that, you know, I'm aware enough to be like, okay, all right, we're not going down this path anymore. And Uh then Google, I've shared this before. I do not Google my symptoms anymore. I do not because I, I cannot, because when I do, I will come across anecdotal stories of people with symptoms Mm -hmm. like mine that have something terrible and awful. And so all of that to say, when I was in kind of a bad spot of just health anxiety, um, I was convinced something was very wrong with me and I got to the point where I still remember like I would be sitting on I would be sitting on the couch at night like I would be watching a show with my husband and um and I felt like I couldn't breathe like I was mm-hmm. thinking oh my gosh I can't breathe and I'd have to tell myself okay try to take a breath okay there's air going in my lungs so I can breathe Okay. Mm-hmm. And I would have to convince myself of that or, and I'd be yeah. walking around and I would get tremendous pain. I think something was going on with like a ligament or something in my mm-hmm. abdomen, but mm-hmm. it, I, I had, I would get tremendous pain in my abdomen, um, that would have me doubled over sometimes. And I thought something was terribly wrong. And it, anyway, all of that to say, I, ha- I got to the point when I actually went to the doctor and was cleared of, like, okay, nothing's going on. Really. Mm-hmm. We can't find mm-hmm. anything. I was like, okay, I need to tell myself yeah. that I'm well. And yeah. it was when I told myself I was well, that my symptoms began to go away. Not yeah. when I was well. And so I no, don't know. I totally understand that. Cause so, I, um, yeah. I, I knew someone who was struggling with really bad panic attacks And once they were told by a medical professional, because like it got to where like 
um, like when I, if I have a panic attack, it's more like the sobbing, like hysterical. <laughs> In this case, it was like their lungs just didn't right. take an air. Yeah. But once a medical professional explains to them, you will never like suffocate from a panic attack. Your body will take over and breathe right. for you. Um, it got, it didn't make it go away, but it got so much easier. Yeah. Um, so for people who uh, are super skeptical about this, I think, yeah, framing it in the framework of power of suggestion, right? Even if there's nothing yeah. mystical happening at all. Right. I don't know if I attracted <laughs> yeah. like, bad juju or energy, but no, I think and- my brain powerfully... Yes. Did manifest symptoms. Exactly. I, I, and I, I think believe. that that happens. You know, we are susceptible to the power of suggestion. It doesn't mean yeah. we're feeble-minded people. It's it's how God created our brains to work. Um, so yes, I I am open to the possibility that if you think a ton about a specific disease to where your brain is focused so much on that, maybe in a small percent of chances that might somewhat statistically increase your chances of getting it right. Like it's never going to be a hundred percent correlation. I do believe there are some people and some personalities are more susceptible to the power of suggestion than others. Mm-hmm. Um, like my husband would never be swayed by that kind of thing. Be like, oh, <laughs> no, like that's not it. Whereas for me, I might be more like, um, Oh, so for me, the power of suggestion I see in, if I'm taking a supplement and I, read about its side effects, I'm way more likely to get those side effects. So for example, um, I would take melatonin, not regularly, but you know, maybe at least once a week uh, to help me sleep for a couple years. And then I had a friend who at one point, I, I never even heard if this was medically proven, but her doctor, she got COVID early on in the pandemic. Doctor told her to take like quadruple doses of melatonin. I don't know that it's good advice. So please, nobody take that if you get COVID. And she complained, she's like, it makes me so dizzy. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. For the next like month, every time I took like my regular mini dose of melatonin, I would get dizzy. And, and I just know like, to me, that's not me putting something out in the universe and making vibration feels like that's just my mind. It's, it's a placebo effect, which is real. Um, It's not the only thing that impacts stuff, right? Our minds. I think that's a huge issue with, um, manifesting from a secular standpoint taken to an extreme and it's your brain can do anything you know um your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. No, there's there's other factors involved, but the power of suggestion can be pretty intense. Um, oh, I was thinking about the person you mentioned who was so scared of cancer, and I just want to throw out one more plausibility mm-hmm. Maybe there was cancer in her body that her body knew. Maybe. You know what I mean? And so maybe that's why it was on her mind. Again, sometimes we don't know cause versus effect, right? Was she so worried about cancer that she got cancer? 
Or did she have cancer and her, her body kind of knew it. And so she was worried about it. Yeah. Total aside, but a couple of years ago, I think, I don't even know when it was, but it's been a while. I actually out of the blue had a dream that I was looking in the mirror and I had a lump on my breast Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I woke up and I was like, I knew that I had to check and I checked and there was one. And I was like, I was floored. (laughs) I had not, you know, I check myself pretty regularly. Like when I'm taking a Mm -hmm. shower, I'm pretty aware. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't in a while and I, there was nothing practical that, that Mm -hmm. would given me and it didn't hurt. It wasn't like I had a pain. Mm-hmm. But it was there and it was like my yeah. body knew it was there and told I me it was, so. it was so weird. Yeah. I thought at the time that it was God like warning me so that I could right. catch something early, but it turned out to right. be just something that went away on its own and I got it checked out mm-hmm. and it was fine. But um, it was interesting that that it your is. body does is aware of things that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you may not be consciously aware of. Do you want to hear the weirdest one that I've ever heard of? Yes. Somebody woke up with a voice in their head, like a a verbal voice in their head saying, you have a brain tumor, go to the doctor. (laughs) And I don't know how they convinced a doctor, but basically the voice even told the patient where to tell the doctor to look for the tumor. Oh my goodness. There it was. So I think we have a couple ways to look at this. I mean, could it have been God wanted to spare this person's life and audibly told them? I think it totally could. Could it also be, like you said, their brain knew that there was a problem and needed to communicate with them in a way that they could understand? I think that's also likely, you know, and and in the end, I think God gets the glory for either because he made our bodies very... um, fearfully and wonderfully. And there are so many things that we don't know or understand about it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right. So that's a power of suggestion. And I think it's very evident, uh, and, or, you know, I think people can at least accept some of it in terms of health stuff, but what about, I want to manifest a higher paycheck or something like that. So I have an interesting story about this. Okay. (laughs) So, I, since our last recording of this topic, I've been just kind of, I did kind of, you know, note taking sort of my manifesting experiment of, and it was just interesting because I did, um, so I definitely, I'm not sure. I think when we recorded, I had already, anyway, long story, but basically I have been praying like, okay, God, how can we uh, get a handle on our finances. We needed a little mm-hmm. extra this year because of hockey expenses that were not, um, that were b- bigger than last year and mm-hmm. just life and, and the economy, and everything else yeah. and inflation. Yeah. Um, and so I had started substitute teaching. And so I had this conversation with you about, okay, I'm not sure about adding a day. And mm-hmm. you were kind of like, well, kind of seems like a no brainer. If, you know, you look at this as a season, like if you are able to work that extra day, then Mm -hmm. try it out, you know, what can it hurt? And I was like, okay. And Mm -hmm. so I went ahead and added the extra day. And anyway, I ended up, not only did I get like the extra from adding that extra day, but I got Mm -hmm. a little bit of a raise because of my commitment and long-term. So Anyway, the 
um, but after that happened, I was so grateful and I was just like, oh God, thank you. Thank you for putting Alana in my path to give me that encouragement. Cause I was leaning heavily mm-hmm. toward, uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I'm not sure if right. I have the time or the, you know, if it's wise because I've got these other things. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I felt so much gratitude within the two weeks. And like, I became conscious of it too, of just like, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm so thankful. And, so within those two weeks of this intense feeling of gratitude of God's provision, I got a random check in the mail the following week, um, mm-hmm. a large refund for oh nice uh, medical procedures that apparently mm-hmm. we had overpaid. I mean, nice. like, bigger than we normally <laughs> get. And it covered like the amount exactly covered these raffle tickets that we had to uh-huh. end up paying for just basically hockey expenses. Um, and then, and I was extremely grateful for that. I'm like, when does this happen? And I'm telling my husband like, wow, this is awesome. God is so good. And, Uh and then in that whole, like that's that same feeling of, of high vibration gratitude, you know, Mm -hmm. the next week, um, I went out to the mailbox and there were three refund checks for overpayments. (laughs) They weren't big. That one was Uh like 13 cents. You know what? When you can be thankful for the very, very small gifts, I yeah. think that does. Um, in the secular world, well, they would call it raise your vibration. In the <laughs> yeah. practical world, it would be it helps you notice the blessings. Yes. In the spiritual world, it's like it just maybe makes you more receptive to the gifts from God. I would never be embarrassed to say that you were grateful for a 13 cent check. No, like one was 13 cents, one was like $20 and the other one was mm-hmm. like five. Like it was all very mm-hmm. small, but it was like from, yeah. I don't know, like utility stuff or whatever. Uh-huh. I'm sure that the practical explanation is everyone is going through their end of year stuff and they're finding discrepancies in the, um, you know, the they're, they're finding discrepancies in bookkeeping to resolve the end of the, the calendar year. Uh-huh. That's what I'm guessing. But in reality, I'm like, when does this happen? And I'm just like, God, mm-hmm. thank you. And then, but I started yeah. thinking about this idea of when you raise your vibration to this level of gratitude, yeah, that it just attracts more and more things in that area that are good. And I can't say that that's not a scientific or whatever, you know, phenomenon. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but whether it is or it isn't, you know, I'll, I'll take it and I will continue to Mm -hmm. be really grateful. Um, but on the other hand, there is this, there, there's this other flip side of the coin with manifesting that it's like the caveat of the person that's like, Oh, I've, I've been focusing on, um, like, let's say someone wants to get married. They want a partner in their life. Mm-hmm, I've been mm-hmm. focusing on, on a partner. I've been picturing him. I've been, you know, mm-hmm. just wanting, I've been just focusing on all these good things. I have a vision board and I've written all these qualities mm-hmm. that I want and I, there's nobody or, you know, uh, I keep attracting the wrong kind of people and the manifester, uh, manifest guru would say, you're not getting what you, the only time you're not going to get what you're intentionally manifesting is when you're actually focused on the lack and not Mm -hmm. what you Mm -hmm. envision. And so they would say, what you're doing is you're focusing on what you don't have. I don't have a partner. I don't have a partner that's kind. I attract Mm -hmm. the wrong type of guys. I want to attract better guys. And so the idea is that 
you attract that what you are is even though you think you're manifesting the positive you're still yeah. focused on the void what do you think about that in relationship I think, to again, prayer and yeah i think there can be something to it so i think about it with finances if you are praying for finances and your focus is how much you don't have mm-hmm. on the very just practical common sense level you are focusing on what you don't have yeah. and so you're going to notice what you don't have kind of like for me if i was focusing on um when i trained myself to open up my bank app if i focus on what i don't have that's going to be what i notice first if yeah, i focus on every what time i do have even if it's the exact same number so I think there's something to it. I just, I would say, I think that kind of stuff plays a part, but it doesn't play, there are other factors involved as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But for example, in our prayer lives, I think, and I would just encourage our listeners to see if this resonates with you. Like for some people, it would, I don't think it would make as big of a difference. Um, for other people, I think the language you use when you pray could make a difference. So for example, if I say, Dear God, please don't let me get a cold. I am focusing on getting a cold. If I like, if I pray 20 times a day, please don't let me lose my voice. Please don't let me lose my voice. I'm focusing on losing my voice. And because I know that my brain, and for me, I'm just going to chalk it 100% up to placebo effects. I'm not going to put anything spiritual or mystical to it. I know that if I'm focused all of my energy on losing my voice, even if my focus is, I hope I don't lose my voice. I think my brain is more likely to hear, lose your voice, lose your voice, lose your voice. Um, Okay. So here's a really good story of power of suggestion. I forget what book I read this in, but there was a man who, and, and I'll just go ahead and say like, it's, it ends up being a tragic story, but it has a really interesting take home effect as to how much the power of suggestion can negatively impact our lives. He worked for a refrigerator truck company. And at the end of the day, he got locked in a, like in a freezer truck um, and did not survive. Like he, he froze. Um, they, the autopsy revealed he, he died of hypothermia. The interesting part to this tragic story is the refrigeration part did not work. And the truck never got below about 50 degrees, which is uncomfortable, but totally survivable. But he was so focused on, I am going to die of cold, that he did. Um, I heard of another story. There was a lab experiment where they blindfolded somebody. It was a terrible experiment um, and super unethical with, again, tragic results. They blindfolded somebody pretended they didn't even break their skin but they pretended like there was an accident that split his wrist and he like they put like liquid on it to make him think he was bleeding out and he died of basically of shock so in an extreme case like your brain is going to say oh we're dying boom (laughs) you're dead so um i think those stories again they're both very very tragic but they do show like if your brain thinks that something really bad's about to happen to you sometimes and again i don't think this plays a hundred percent of the outcome i think in some people it plays more of an outcome than in others but i believe it does play a part in how we how we process things so for example let's let's take it for people who just want to make it common sense related If I grow up in a culture where I am told that 
um, let's call it menstrual cramps, are a, a beautiful sign of glorious things happening in my body. I don't know if such culture exists, but let's just assume. Let's just assume that I'm like this 13-year-old girl. I'm getting my first experience with menstrual cramps, and every single adult woman around me is telling me how special it is and how proud they are and how I should be so thankful for my body. I'm going to experience those physical sensations a lot differently than the person who grows up kind of in the culture that I assume you and I grew up like, oh, cramps, I hate this, you know, Um, or if you're, if you're told like how terrifying and um, like how painful childbirth is going to be and how traumatic it's going to be, you go in tense and expectant for that. Um, this coming from a woman who had three epidurals and, you know, so like, I'm not one to, you know, to step on a high horse about this, but if you go in um, expecting certain things, like that's why I take to difference when a woman says like, no pain amounts to childbirth, because with childbirth, I believe you get to tell your brain, this is normal. This is going to pass and I'm safe. I think that like, I don't know, some really gory thing where I'm like staring at my open abdomen. I think that'd be a lot more painful (laughs) because my brain can't tell, I can't tell my brain, oh, this is normal. This is safe, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that happened to me when I was, you know, it was with our our first child and I I did not have an epidural. And at the end, um, I was in like the most painful part, the transition phase. Mm -hmm. And my husband was like, okay, I need to call parents to come, you know, my step, my, my step, my, um, my dad, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, those were, Mm -hmm. I think the three that needed Mm -hmm. to come to the hospital. She's like, I need to go call them and let them know to get here. Cause it looks like it's going to happen soon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, um, and I, the, the contractions had been manageable up to that point Mm -hmm. because of what you said, because I had (laughs) read ahead of time, tell your body, Uh this is very normal. This is very natural. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, it hurt, it hurt real bad. Very, Mm -hmm. very, very intense, but it was manageable. Yeah. As soon as he left, he had been looking at the monitor and saying, okay, here Uh comes a contraction. Yeah. Get ready for it. Breathe through it. But when he left to go call them, Uh he wasn't in there and I wasn't ready for the next one. And I remember like wanting to leave my body, like fighting against the contraction. Like, like, oh no, I can't do this. Yeah, I can't. And, and I was like, I don't even, and I panicked. I mean, and then, but as soon as he came back in, I was, he was like, okay, all right. You know, cause it went away. And then, and I'm like, I can't do this, but he came back in and it was back to the way it was before. It's very, very Mm -hmm. strange how you do that. And so absolutely your mind can, you know, definitely. And again, I think the asterisks we put there are, it's to an extent, I'm not going to mentally heal myself from getting my leg ripped off in a train accident. Mm -mm. Um, And like I said, I, I think that people experience the power of suggestion in varying degrees. Mm -hmm. And so I think a good question for our listeners is to just assess yourself. Do you feel like you're the kind of person who is more susceptible to placebo effects or things like that. Going back to the question about framing your prayers with negative or positive words, like to me, because I know that I am susceptible to the power of suggestion. And like I said, I chalked this up a hundred percent to just the way God made my brain. I, I attribute no spiritual or woo woo anything to it, but 
because I know that that's how my brain is, my prayer would not be, dear God, help me not lose my voice today. My prayer would be, God, give me a strong voice today. And to me, that difference is important. I think for other people, it probably isn't. So I would just say, if you are the kind of person who's more susceptible, think about the language of your prayers. Um, when you say, dear God, don't let my loved one go to hell, you're focusing on them in hell. And if nothing else, that's not a very happy thing <laughs> to think about, <laughs> right? If you say, dear God, help my loved one to um, be with you eternally in heaven, that's immediately adding some, you know, framing it more positively. I'm a positive person anyway. So when I get confronted with negative language or negative imagery, I kind of like, I try to shield myself from that anyway. So I like to picture like, if I want to pray with my heart right open, it's probably going to be important for me at least to frame things in positive language when I can. So I'm trying to think of just one more example, instead of like, God help the kids not be cranky today. Then I'm training, even if it's a hundred percent, just common sense, I'm training my brain to focus on all the times my kids are cranky. If I say, God help my kids to have a really fun day, help there to be so much harmony in our home. Um, even if there's nothing mystical going on, I'm training my brain to notice the times when the family's in harmony. That being said, I do think that there is something beyond just the common sense explanation for it, but I don't know that it plays um, the majority of the role. And again, I don't think it matters if the end result is that we give praise to God for all his blessings. To me, it doesn't matter. Is this coincidence? Is this just the... Um, the yellow car phenomenon. Are you familiar with that? It's like, if yes. you buy a yellow car, you're going to notice like there are so many yellow cars on the road that you never yep. noticed before. Like, mm -hmm. and that's just a common sense you, or like when I was pregnant, like everybody's pregnant. Mm -hmm. And now like, I can't tell you the last time I saw someone who was noticeably pregnant. It's like, if I had to guess, I'd be like, I don't know, a couple of years maybe. <laughs> but when you, you know, like, so when you're going through it, you notice it. Um, or is there something truly like that's a hundred percent on a spiritual level that, that could be some of it too. But, um, I think all of those interact with each other in a way that we can't parse out. Right. So like you and your experience with that, um, that breast issue, was that like a hundred percent God telling you to go get checked out? No, probably not. But was it partially? Yes. Was it partially your body? Yes. You know, so, and maybe even some of it might've even just been coincidence. I don't think it was, but let's, for the sake of being skeptical, maybe your subconscious recognized that you hadn't been checking yourself as regularly right. as normal. And it was like, Hey, you better go check yourself. And boom, coincidentally, that was the time that there was something there. So I think all of those things play into it. I think there is some just common sense. I think that sometimes it is just a coincidence, but it's still a blessing. And I think sometimes it it is more directly divine or spiritual. Um, and again, if, if God gets the glory for it, if your end result is, thank you so much, God, doesn't really, you know, we don't need to attribute, okay, this was 20% God, 30% me and 50% coincidence, you know, or whatever it might've been. <laughs> Right. It just kind of is what it is. But yeah, you know, I, I would say kind of kind of a closing thought about manifesting in terms of the differences in secular mm -hmm. manifestation and the idea of manifesting. Um, one thing that I found in my kind of manifesting research experiment was it might be conditioning because of my 
traditional Christian thinking, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's more than that. I felt hesitant. Like I felt really good about the idea of manifesting, like what can it hurt in the sense of raising my vibration through gratitude, through looking mm-hmm. for good, like expecting an awesome day, expecting good right. things to happen and come mm-hmm. my way. But where I felt a big hang up was the like, uh, manifest, like, uh, taking sole control over what my future might look like, because I know from experience that if I take, if all the control is in my hands, which in a secular manifesting mind, it would be everything to create my reality is within me. And Mm -hmm. so if I manifest hard enough, you know, it's going to happen no matter what. It's the name it and claim it in the Christian circles, right? Right. I don't want that responsibility because God is so much (laughs) smarter than me. Uh And so I got up, you know, and and some people might call it a cop out, but I, if I decide what's best, let's say what college is best for my kid to go to. He's got a lot of different options. I don't want to focus on just one and manifest the heck out of it with hopes that uh-huh. that's going to be the one because I firmly believe that God knows the best one. And yeah. I like the, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I manifest, yeah. you know, if, if I'm going to quote manifest something for him, it's God's absolute best, but that's yes. in God's hands, you know? Yes. So I think that's one huge glaring difference no matter what you do in terms of bringing manifesting mentality into your prayer life, mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. high vibration, positive, whatever. Yeah. The one thing that is absolutely different is God is always going to be the one with the power. Not Absolutely. God. I love that. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we've talked before about the prayer behind the prayer. Even if you did mm-hmm. have a specific college in mind and you were visualizing him there in that college, you were taking that and turning it into prayer energy. And then he goes to a different college. In my opinion, the prayer behind that prayer is still the same. Help him to be at the place where he fits in the best, right. where, you know, where all the right. opportunities are the best. So I think for some people having a more clear picture can help. Like, I, I don't think there's anything inherently sinful about a vision board. Um, no, I think people can use it in wrong ways, especially if it's just for greed and selfish desires, or if you treat it as look what I am going to create. But right. for some people having a visual representation of what life could look like to guide their prayers, I think that's fine. But for other people, um, I, I've, for as much as I love dreaming about the future, I don't like vision boards. And I had to ask myself, like, you would think that I'd be the biggest vision board adherent, like in the world. But I would. I, I know. You know why I don't like it? It's because like, let's say I want to put a picture of, um, I don't know, like our, our, what my dream office would look like, Right. If I put that on a vision board, that means that like the infinity minus one number of dream offices that are in my brain are no longer there. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So I like having it like so wide open, which is, I think what you're doing. You Mm -hmm. don't want to, you don't want to focus on just one outcome. So again, I encourage listeners to always be asking yourself, what's my prayer behind the prayer? I think the more we learn that and the more we start praying about that, the less we have to worry about those prayer disappointments that we talk about, right? If your prayer is, dear God, help my son to get into this specific school, um, that's that may or may not be God's best for him. Praying for it could help. Um, 
If your prayer behind the prayer, though, is God, lead him to the very best school where he is going to, you know, whatever it is that you picture for his future, um, it's almost impossible for God not to answer that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) But I love the freedom. Like, I love the freedom that comes with, you know what, if I, because I do have a favorite in mind that I, that I kind (laughs) of think would be a really good fit for him, but Uh one, and it changes sometimes, but I love Uh the freedom though, that you've given in that idea of, because we've talked about this before. I mean, the Holy Spirit intercedes. And I think we've talked about this beautiful idea of the Holy Spirit taking our imperfect, Mm -hmm. short-sighted prayers and transforming them into what we really are asking for. And so if I imagine him at this school thriving and doing great Mm -hmm. and being, you know, transformed into the best version of himself, that's not dangerous because God is still always in control if we keep that in mind. And I think Mm -hmm. my fear is that I'm going to picture too much and be disappointed if that doesn't happen. But as long as we go into it with this open handedness of this mm-hmm. is what I see as his best, but I'm open to your better God exactly. if that's uh-huh. what it is. So yeah. that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. There's a phrase that some of the secular manifesting teachers use, and it's this or something better. And I think mm-hmm. there is something that's to that. Good. You know, I we can take our that. prayers and we could say, mm-hmm. is there something even better? So nice. Yeah. I love it. Well, this has been such a fun topic, and I hope that wherever any of our listeners fall on the spectrum of how much weight you give to this kind of thing, I hope it was just some fun food for thought and helped inspire your prayer life. And I think, like you said, Jamie, the the main end goal is for God to get the glory, not for me to say, look what I manifested. So uh, with that, let's see, uh, do we have a blessing and benediction? Okay, we do. Our blessing for the day says, may your love abound more and more so that God's love may be complete in you. May God himself teach you to love others. May the love of Christ compel you so that you may love others as he has loved you. May the love of God grow in you and pour out through your life. And may others rejoice when they see the love of the Savior pouring out on you. And our benediction is Numbers 6, 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show. And we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.